Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision-making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Philips, innovation and you. This is Kate Cruz recording live at the 8th Annual Becker's HIT Digital Health and RCM Conference in Chicago. I'm here with Dr. Zeb Newarth. Dr. Newarth, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself and your role at your organization? Yes, so I've been a physician for many years, practiced internal medicine for over 20 years, and then uh, transitioned into what you might call administration, but really a lot of work in population health and value-based care care redesign, care model transformation, business model transformation. So really for the last 15 years or so, I've been focused on the actual transformation of healthcare within one of the largest healthcare systems in the United States. Awesome. Thanks for that introduction. So when you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what excites you the most and why? Yeah. So when we use the word digital, uh, you know, I'd like to deconstruct that for a moment. Point number one, Digital is much more than just telemedicine or telehealth. People you know, don't understand that digital is fundamentally about taking the information, which is spoken information, written information, lab information, diagnostic information, all of the information we have and really digitizing it. And that's fundamentally what digital means. And so, and it goes to chatbots and AI and data analytics, and it really is all of that. So that's point number one, which I, I think most people don't quite like grasp the enormity of what digital is. And then secondly, I actually don't think there's anything that should be called digital health. There is no such thing as digital health because quite honestly, all healthcare is digital. You know, Kate, it would be like you, you would say to someone, well, I'm going to go do some digital banking. Well, what do you mean? When you go do banking, it's all digital. You don't say digital. Or I'm going to go watch a digital streaming movie. You don't say that. <laughs> I'm going to go watch a movie. And so why would we, like in what universe are people living in? We live in a digital world and every other industry, it doesn't matter, finance, travel. I mean, it's all digitized. So that's really the point here. And I think finally, point number three, which people don't realize is that the revolution that is happening in American healthcare, by the way, which isn't just beginning, it's been going on for at least a decade. The digital revolution is actually what's going to transform healthcare. Yes, it's going to be through clinical care or care, but it's all of the industry. It's all of the information we need. It's the navigation. It's all care management. It's the logistics. The revolution will happen in every aspect of, of care delivery and healthcare and health, but it's going to happen through fundamentally two things. One is the digital revolution, and the second is the business model transformation. Those are the two vehicles. And I, I wrote a book about this, as you know, called Beyond the Walls, which just came out in September. It's, it's number one in three different categories on Amazon, healthcare policy, hospital administration, and healthcare delivery. And the reason I think it's so popular is because I actually point out that what most people don't understand, that is if you want to transform healthcare, there are two avenues. One is digital. And one is through business model transformation, which includes, you know, payment and, and all that other stuff. But so I know that was a long response to a short question. <laughs> no, that really breaks down 
healthcare really well, you know, into those two categories and how we're innovating. And I think you're the first person to not say AI. So, because <laughs> uh, we've been getting a lot of that, but I mean, that yeah. obviously plays a role. Um, sure. At your organization, what are your top priorities for technology and what are the big issues that you're trying to solve? You kind of just touched on yeah. this, but. So, you know, right now I'm, uh, I'm sort of a free agent. I, I, after probably 35 years of being in one large healthcare system or hospital system after another, I'm taking a bit of a breather. And so right now I'm representing, I would say the patient or public sentiment at this moment in time. And I would actually say I'm also representing clinicians and providers and other people. So I'm representing people in healthcare as opposed to just organizations. And, you know, for me, I think right now we are at a moment in the history of healthcare, particularly in the United States, where we really are at a moment where we could enter into a new renaissance, into a really new phase of healthcare delivery that is so much better, so much more cost-effective. And at the same time, we risk sliding back into what I would call the dark ages, which I'm just going to be honest about it. And there's a lot of data and 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 stats to to really support this. We have been in the dark ages of healthcare delivery for the past few decades. Now, again, science, technology advancing wonderfully, but in terms of actual healthcare delivery, in, in terms of the experience, in terms of actual outcomes of care, we have been in the dark ages. We are at a moment in time, and this is why I wrote this book, Beyond the Walls. We have to get beyond these medieval fiefdoms, these walls that we've been surrounded by, not just literally, but conceptually and systemically. And in the book that I wrote, Beyond the Walls, I break it down into those three domains, the, the literal, the conceptual, and the systemic changes. And by the way, that's how the, the Renaissance happened. It was those three domains. And in, in American healthcare, we are literally along those three domains, but people have to understand it. They have to be on board with it. They have to resource it. And, and I, I, I think what I'm trying to do here is really create an awareness of what needs to be and what needs to happen in American healthcare so that leaders actually have a roadmap, which I outline in the book Beyond the Walls. The most important thing is if we don't humanize healthcare, someone else will, and people will be heading in that direction. And I don't think leaders across the country actually understand what that means or actually know how to deliver it. And that's what my mission is right now at this very moment. Yeah. Well, that leads me well into my next question. As you know, you have this really unique perspective right now of, you know, kind of representing people, as you said. So what would you give as advice to healthcare leaders today regarding innovation, whether it's digital or just innovation overall in like one of those three? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think those domains are really critical. Um, and I've never seen anyone outline it in the book Beyond the Walls. I, I actually have a graphic, a, a number of graphics, which outline the strategy in these domains. And by the way, the difference between most strategies and what I've outlined is that mine actually comes from two places. One is the reality of what's happening there beyond the walls in healthcare delivery. Literally, I've been I've spent the last decade, as you know, Kate, interviewing uh, leaders and entrepreneurs, and I've literally distilled that vast amount of qualitative research into the three domains, the three strategies that are transforming American healthcare, and um, and and I show it's it's not. The strategy isn't about what what I think or what I hypothesize or from research, you know, papers, you know, the, the strategy is really from the perspective of the market and the perspective of customers. That's what has informed this three part strategy. And and again, I I guess the message is really simple. 
I, I firmly believe this. Obviously, I wrote a book about it and I'm speaking about it and, and all over the country now and, and talking to C-suite level folks and, and, and boards and, and, and organizations and, and their employees and, and their staff. I, I believe if we don't get on board with this three-part strategy, we will find ourselves less and less relevant. We will be relegated to small, smaller parts of the market. So if leaders want to know, you know what's up, I, I really I, I hope they read the book beyond the walls. And, and I actually would love to hear from them because the truth is the book is just the beginning. It's an invitation. Um, and, um, and I know I'm learning tremendous amounts from it, uh, just even in the past month that it's been uh, out there on Amazon. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So I want to, you mentioned your podcast, which I have the pleasure of knowing pretty well. Um, and you have, you know, like you said, interviewed hundreds of healthcare leaders. And so I'm going to turn my next question a little bit on its head. Yeah. Um, so you just gave all of your advice for leaders in your book, Beyond yep. the Walls. So I won't ask you to regurgitate that. Yeah. Um, I will ask, what are like some key lessons and pieces of advice that you have really stuck out to you from some of your interviews and other leaders that you've learned from? Yeah. Well, the biggest point, the biggest message is that we are in I would say an existential moment. One might call it an existential crisis in healthcare delivery, but that's not accurate because the truth is it's actually multiple existential crises. So, you know, there was just an article in the Washington Post this week, in fact, and they talked about the crisis in uh, longevity in America and how financial standing is no longer the mark of inequality in America, healthcare and lifespan is. And we're seeing a vast amount of the country die sooner and sooner, be exposed to much more severe chronic disease and, and, and outcomes, health outcomes than another segment of the country. And by the way, no matter how rich you are or what neighborhood you live in or what zip code you're in, your healthcare and your healthcare outcomes are far worse than any other developed nation in the world. So. Don't feel smug just because you have money and just because you you know you live in a great community. The truth is that in the United States, I mean, if you look at the graphics of this, our lifespan is dropping severely. Chronic disease is increasing severely. So even if you have money, even if you are a means, but the sad, sad fact is that a significant percentage of the country does not, and I mean significant percentage of America doesn't have it. And that divide, that disparity is not just about healthcare. That is a social situation. That is an economic situation that will affect every corner of the United States. And, you know, quite honestly, it will tear us apart. So the message is we are in multiple existential crises here. Yes, as a CEO, as a C-suite person, as a leader in healthcare, you're probably thinking about the next quarter, the next year, the next three years, the next five years. You know, that's the span of, let's say, your career, your your job. But I would say there's a call to action here. If you're a leader in healthcare and you are aware of this, and if you're not acting on it, then what are you doing, right? What are you about? At the end of the day, you know, is it just about the fact you collected a paycheck and you incrementally moved the needle? I don't think so. I don't think most people in healthcare went into it for that reason. And so for me, the major point is, and every single person I've talked to over the past 10 years, all the greats, I mean, if I name names, you would immediately recognize them, as you know, Kate. All of them have said the same exact thing to me, Zev, 
there is a crisis here and it's not going to happen in 20 years or 30 years. It's coming sooner. It's coming faster. And it's going to kill people. It's going to maim people. It's going to destroy people's lives. And the truth is it already has. And again, I don't have time to go into the facts, but I could support everything I'm saying with facts and stats. And they're not like over the past year or two. These have been happening for years and decades. And so that's the call to action. And again, the hopeful part about this, the most hopeful message is you don't have to make anything up. I have put into the book Beyond the Walls example after example, and I have hundreds more that are not in the book that I can show you. Here's the way that we really use the digital revolution. Here's the way we use the technology. Here's the way we use business model transformation and financial transformation. Here's how we do it. Others have been exemplars. All we have to do is look at these people that have gone ahead of us and now begin to, to adapt it and to deploy it, to resource it. So the message in the book is unbelievably hopeful, but at the same time, what's on the line here is beyond what most of us can even imagine. And quite honestly, someone said to me yesterday, they said, you know, Zev, we are beyond ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's cute. Yeah, I love it. So what are some specific instances, examples yep. that you have, whether, you know, from your own experience or that you've seen, you know, whether it's podcast guests or just other leaders yep. implementing that have been, yep. you know, making the steps to make the changes yep. needed. I think one of the biggest revolutions is the digital platform revolution. And I, I what I love about platform, so platform is a, is a business model. It's like Amazon or Airbnb or Uber, where they actually don't create anything. It's not a pipeline business model, so it's not traditional. They actually curate and aggregate products and services on their platform, and then they invite customers and they make it easy for customers to access the appropriate right, uh, customized product or service. And what people don't understand is that that is one of the most significant revolutions happening here. There is a war in healthcare, and it's the platform war. And it doesn't matter whether you're a large hospital system like, you know, Mayo Clinic, or Providence or uh, others like Advocate or your company or, or whatnot. The fight is on, the war is on, who is going to be the platform? Who are gonna be platforms within platforms? Who are gonna be products and services on those platforms? It is an ecosystem that so far, and this is what I wrote about in the book, I, I, I interviewed the folks that actually have written the book on you know the platform revolution and and you know and so the so many examples I could share with you. So this is not theoretical, hypothetical. It's not the beginning. It's been going on for years. Transparent is a company. Glenn Tolman. I'm, I'm actually posting a, a podcast interview with him this week. What a brilliant example where again not building one thing, not creating one thing, really basically curating on demand services from you know just navigation on 24 seven on call, 24 seven clinical care, physician care, 24 seven care management, access to, you know, do I need that surgery? Getting, you know, the Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the, is the, you know, one of the major um, vendors on their platform, getting a second opinion. Do I need that cancer treatment? Is that the right cancer treatment? Do I need that surgery? Is it the right surgery? And then getting connected to the best surgeon, the best clinician, the best center for what you need, and then following through that hospitalization to the post-hospitalization and, you know, on and on medications on their platform, GoodRx, Walmart, Mark Cuban's company, Cost Plus, and so all these things. And so then they plug on the other side, the customers, which are direct to employers, so employees. So you won't have to deal with medical bills. You won't have to pay anything because the employer has already facilitated this. They put you on the platform. All you need to do is get your smartphone, get the app, and you're on the journey. And you know it is, it is 
the most remarkable example, what Glenn says, and I love it, he says, it's not just a platform, it's a platform plus, it's a convener plus, because it's not just getting like Amazon gets you to the service, to the product, Transparent and these platforms in healthcare are going to get you to and through. So they're going to help you navigate through all of that. That is, you know, and I wrote about this extensively. Some people may wonder, well, why did you, you know, I talked about transparent over and over again, because they're a great example of the digital revolution. They're a great example of the platform revolution. And, you know, they're a great example of really humanizing healthcare delivery, again, through digital and through business model transformation. There are so many others, uh, story after story after story. And the final thing I'll say about this is hospitals don't realize that in the past, they were the platform. They were the, the marketplace where in your community, that's where you went, whether you were a vendor or a customer. My message in the book is very, very hopeful in that I don't believe the hospital leaderships understand this. And this is why I think the book is number one in hospital administration on Amazon is because I don't think leaders understand you were the platform, you can take some of that back, but you have to understand what platforms are, how to actually deploy them, where you are in that ecosystem. So again, I, I'm, I, I, the book is literally a lesson, a roadmap in not just the strategy, but even the tactics that I think leaders, whether you're you know, a hospital system, a provider group, a payer, which by the way, we're no longer in swim lanes. So there, there are no such things as payers, yeah, right? I mean, the, when people use the word payer, I'm like, what do you mean? because they, they have more doctors than you have. So, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a great example and really fascinating. Five years from now, I know you kind of talked about, you know, it, we need to look at right here and now, but I'm curious, five years from now, where do you see platforms standing? And I'm also curious, so right now I feel like the patient is very used to like my chart, the patient portal. How is that going to transfer to platforms? How do you think that transition is going to go? Yeah, I think that's a challenging question. The truth is, I, I'm not a futurist, so I, I really try to shy away from predictions. I'm more of an empiricist. So everything I've done, everything I talk about is already happening. And so I, I prefer to learn by here are where the exemplars are. You know, I was talking to a professor, a business school professor who's been in healthcare for 20 years. And, and he, he, he said, look, um, we cannot rely on research and it will never tell us where things are heading. What we need to do is look at exemplars, look at who are leading it. I think my guess is five to seven years from now, and in Andy Jassy, and I have this quote in the book, Andy Jassy said that, you know, 10 years from now, the experience and, and the delivery of care will, will be so different that we'll look back at today and just think we were crazy out of our mind. I think it's going to look like a mashup of Amazon, Uber, Airbnb, streaming videos. I mean, it's going to be so different and it's already in our, in our minds. Think about the rest of your existence. Think about how you shop. Think about how you do travel. Think about how you do entertainment. Think about how you communicate with your friends, right? And your colleagues, all those other worlds, mash that all up and then imagine healthcare being exactly like that. So then, you know, the point of care is going to be moving to the point of need. It's going to be like, what's the easiest, fastest way? It'll be literally, you won't get frustrated because you're sitting in an office for three hours. You will get frustrated if it takes more than three clicks to get the health care you need. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah. I That's, I, I, I haven't said that before. But that literally, that is going to be the, the way it is. It, to be honest with you right now, that's the way it is for me. I am 
so beyond frustrated with healthcare, even in my own life. It's like, because the rest of my life, I want a product. I go online and a few clicks later, literally, if it takes me more than a minute, I'm like, oh, I, I must be off today that I, you know, and if the box doesn't come, if the product doesn't come to my doorstep or the food doesn't come to my doorstep, like, you know, within, you know, minutes or, you know, a few hours, I'm like, what's going on? So it's, it is really the consumer expectation, which is going to drive all of this. And we will literally, I mean, in my mind, or I'm already there in my mind, I think the way we deliver healthcare today is insane. It is antiquated. It is, I, you know, I said it before it's medieval. And, um, and again, that's why I wrote the book. Um, in the book, I outline how we move from the dark ages into a renaissance of healthcare delivery. Well, Zev, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for spending some time. Anything else our listeners should know? Where can they get your book? Anything else you want to share? Thanks for asking, Kate. Yeah, the book is called Beyond the Walls. It really is about the, the transformation of American healthcare. And again, it's a three-part strategy in which I outline example after example. It's on amazon.com. Um, and it is, uh, in audible, I actually narrated the book and I go off script. So you're going to hear some stuff that you will be surprised at. And I, I, uh, it's also on Kindle. So it's on Kindle, audible, hard copy on Amazon. Like I said, it's number one in three categories now. And, uh, my hope is, and, and I really appreciate this interview. My, my hope is I, I really believe this book has to get into the hands of C-suite leaders all over the country. I've had a lot of folks actually say to me, and I'm going to be totally brutally honest about this, that C-suite leaders will not read the book and they won't understand it. I don't believe that to be true. I know a lot of C-suite leaders. They're incredibly good people. They're incredibly passionate people. They're incredibly brilliant people. And I believe that they will find this book and they will get beyond the walls. We need people. And, you know, just say this beyond doesn't mean outside. Beyond means beyond. Beyond means to transcend. And we need people inside the healthcare industry and outside of the healthcare industry working together to get beyond the wall. So please read the book. Please reach out to me. I'm available on LinkedIn. Easy to find. I would love to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you, Zev. It's been a pleasure. I could keep going, but we'll wrap it up. Thanks, Kate. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.